Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Not a good day in the grain markets. We have got a little history repeating itself. We're going to talk more about that. It was a little different on the livestock side with some nice uh, green on the screen. But when it comes to these markets, and I talk about history repeating itself, if you remember back to November, this is exactly what we saw a couple days of some lower numbers. So month to month, is this going to continue as we head towards the new year? Sue Martin is joining us. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So first of all, let's talk about this uh, history repeating itself. We saw this same kind of movement when we went from October into November. Now it's happening November into December. Well, it is the, um, um, you know, in September, we broke into September 29th and stuck a low. And, and that break um, basically was 19 cents that occurred over seven trading days. So it was a little more orderly. Then the break in uh, October broke into um, October 27th. It declined a little more stiffly in three trading days, 26 and a quarter cents. And then it bounced and then fell back down into November 2nd. So it took, like, you could basically say uh, five trading days, but the true low was three days out from the high. And now the current break is 19 and a quarter cents in two trading days. We had a huge reversal day yesterday. And uh, we got up against that 440 mark. Uh, that's kind of the first little ledge of, of resistance in corn. You get through that, then it'll be 450, and you get through that, and then you're going after the highs of last year, which was 473 on December, lead contract, and then 465, I believe it is, on the March. But um, the thing is that we closed today right on a trend line that is from all the lows going back to August 12th. So this is a major trend line. We break this trend line down, and you're now starting to tilt the market a little more sideways to a little lower. Um, still, I would have to say that I don't think our top is in on corn. I think that uh, this is a correction that's probably been a little overdue. And uh, then ultimately, I think once we turn the year over, we'll be seeing better prices in January because our focus is going to, before super long, is going to start to turn into what about January yields in the final, you know, supply-demand report. What are the yields? And, you know, back in 2010, I always thought this year was going to follow 2010 for corn and in the beans, 1980. Well, in 2010, you had corn yields that declined from August into September, into October, into November, and again in the final. So, so far, we've kind of got that fundamental pattern going there as well. So, uh, time will tell, but uh, I do think that uh, the concern about uh, rain in the forecast for in Brazil and part of Argentina. Uh, I think, you know, so far the rains are catching are spotty. And there's talk that, you know, they should start to try to pick up it more in southern and central part of Brazil here by Wednesday night through the weekend into early next week. But actually, we're uh, some think we're in a 7 to 10 day period where the weather doesn't gratify as well as one would think with rain, and then all of a sudden the weather flips and they start catching more rain. We'll see if that happens. Um, but I think the market's trying to set the stage to get itself prepared for one year-end. Funds have been long, a long time. Seen a nice move in the markets. But two, to also set the stage to be able to start stair-stepping higher again in the early part of 
of uh, 2021. So you, you look at this, obviously we're into a new month. We're kind of wrapping up 2020, which is going to be a good thing on many levels. But the interesting movement on the deliveries, is that also going to be a factor the whole month of December? Well, I think so. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, last night, uh, we carried an article, uh, a commentary on food shortages and especially focused in China. And we believe China, uh, their stocks of corn and soybeans, first off, their stocks got drawn down quite a bit because they were moving a lot of corn out of uh, their reserves for quite a while and some of that corn maybe not in the best condition. But then uh, the wheat, um, we wonder how good a quality the wheat is in their reserves and just how much they really have. You know, according to WASDE, uh, a major chunk of global supplies is actually in China when it comes to wheat. Well, back in 2000, I know definitely in 2019, and it might have been in 18 that we started noticing it, but definitely through all of 19, we had noticed that Kafka International Grain, who has offices in Chicago, uh, were taking all the bean deliveries, or I should say at least 90% of the soybean deliveries every month that we had deliveries. And that was like flying under the radar for quite a while because that just wasn't the normal way that they would take uh, soybeans. That usually it would be reported in a sale. But this was different. Well, today, for the first time that I think ever that I can recall, Costco International Grain took all 100 contracts of delivery. So they did 100% of them, 100 contracts. Excuse me, a hundred contracts of Chicago wheat deliveries, and they took it all. That is the first time we've ever seen uh, China do that. And Costco, just like Sinograin, is uh, state-owned res- uh, trading partners and um, uh, or agencies, however you want to call them. And I just thought this was so interesting because I'll bet a lot of people didn't really notice that they did this in the wheat. You, you look in beans because we got used to it, but here they are in wheat. So uh, when they talk about possible food shortages in China, I would not be underestimating that at all. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. More comes up. It's the Flat Mail Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we were talking about this food shortage. And, you know, there was, I think, a lot of concern, Sue, about, you know, China was going to start to switch their focus from the U.S. to South America. But if there's some food concerns does it, and some weather concerns in South America, does that possibly mean we could still see those purchases coming to us? Well, I certainly think so. In fact, this coming Friday, uh, first time in a long time, um, and it speaks to their uh, aggressive export uh, program that they had. Uh, For the first time on Friday, we will see a cargo of U.S. soybeans being delivered into Brazil. So it tells you just how tight supplied they are. They over-exported. But you also see, you know, we've talked about the great grain robbery that I remember back, I almost hate to say this, but back when (laughs) Russia did it, back, I almost had to stop talking there for a minute, but back in the um, 
uh, early uh, 70s when uh, Russia was doing it and robbed us of all, cleaned out our our uh, ASCS uh, bin sites and um, uh, took all the grain. And they had gone through a horrific uh, weather uh, issue at the time. And so they were in need of grain. But they came to the U.S. because at that time we were like the world's leading exporter of many ag commodities. But now you've got China not only taking from us, cleaning out South America or Brazil, and they're even taking wheat from France. So it just looks to me like they're really grabbing, and they're like the big elephant in the China shop. You know, they are just, they have your attention because they have 1.4 billion people to feed. So I think that when we look at soybeans, um, we need to keep in mind that uh, the $12 level's been tough. We've had a huge rally, and, um, you know, I, I, do we have the top in? I don't believe so, but I do think the market's had such an extended move, and 1203, 1205 are wave four counts on January soybeans, and then the 2016 high is 1208.5. So certainly a ledge of a spot where we could have some resistance. You also have funds that have been heavy long. They're talking rain in Brazil and Argentina. So this is going to allow for the market to catch its breath and set back. The old saying, the bull gets their turkey for Thanksgiving and the bear gets it for Christmas. Well, they're going to try to get it for Christmas. I don't know as if they're going to end up being super successful. But we have always thought this year was following the year of 1980 on soybeans. And... Um, we note that year, of course, was one of the eight years in the last 50 that we had a rally and put new highs in for the year in September on soybeans. And um, out of the 50 years, there were eight years that did that. 1980 was one of those. And the tendency was out of those eight years, two of them put their top in in the month of September and never looked back. But the other six went on to see higher highs in October, higher highs in November. Five out of the six went on and had higher highs in December. All six went and made higher highs again in January. And then I looked at July soybeans of the following years, of those eight years. And it was interesting because out of those eight years, the July contract of the next year out, also went higher in all of them with the exception, I think, of two. And uh, when it uh, went higher, the earliest time we had a top put in the market was actually in the year of 2011. Uh, and it was on February 9th that the July contract stuck its high. Never, In other words, what I'm saying is in the past, it never happened in January. And most of them seem to be March, April, um, mostly April, but even beyond, uh, it was interesting, June and July. In fact, July showed up twice. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because in years ending in a zero on corn, we are one, I should say, ending in a one on corn, there is a path or a pattern that tends to take prices. If you drew a, just a line, you know, you could have some ups and downs, but if you drew a line, ultimately they moved higher into June or July, sometimes August, and there's your tops for the year. So, um, of course, with what's going on, and um, I certainly don't see uh, China 
trying to renege on phase, you know, phase one at all. I don't care who's president. And um, I certainly uh, don't see them washing out of deals either. There was the rumoring of that last week. I don't see them washing out. I think that was rhetoric trying to break the price. It sounds good, Rams. The best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is one eight hundred five two seven zero zero five one. And y'all have a great day. Sue Martin's been joining us with Ag and Investments. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. Right here on the Rural Radio Network.